board. Um, Sister Esther, I want to thank you for the supply of the spirit and for everyone who has joined in in the prayers. This morning, let's, uh, let us start by praying. Father, we give you praise for your word. We magnify you, Lord. We magnify your word this morning and we, and we ask that it will bring enlightenment to us once again. Father, we ask that you refresh us and deepen our knowledge of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning once again. Um, two Sundays ago, uh, Pastor Tosin mentioned something and uh, he, he made a statement that really resonated with me. And I've uh, pondered on it since that time. You know, it made us realize that, uh, it made us realize the truth about our relationship with God when he said that uh, God is involved in every part and every aspect of a believer's life. Meaning you cannot isolate certain parts of your life and say to yourself, these areas are my, I my poor view alone. And I'm responsible for whatever happens in these aspects of my life. I would therefore like us to delve into this matter a little bit this morning by asking ourselves some very important questions. What really happened at salvation? What exactly did I get into? What is the place of God in my life on this journey I now find myself? Now, let's begin to answer this question by opening to Revelation 3. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, check out that scripture very well. You will notice that there is nowhere written that he will live after he has eaten with you and you with me. He didn't say after dinner, after dining with you and you dining with him. He will leave, you will open the door for him again and he will leave. Simply put, when you took that step and heard his voice, when you opened up your heart for him to come in and dine with you and you with him, he didn't just come in just for that moment. He came for life. He came to make his home with you. Glory to God. He came for you to acknowledge him as a partner in your life. And not just any partner, but the, you know what they say, the VVIP, the very, very important partner in your life. When you open that door, the Lord came so you may give him access to every room in your life. Amen. You know, most of us have compartmentalized our lives in such a way that that gives limited or no access to God in certain areas. This morning, I'm here to let you know that God is not satisfied with that. He wants full control. 
All three is what he has done the necessary job of spelling out his love for us, letting us know that what will happen when, if, when we fully commit and trust the reins of our lives to it, into his control. This new life we now live is designed and deployed by him for our sakes. That is what, what the Bible says in Hebrews 2. Hebrews, Hebrews 12, verse 2. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews 12, verse 2. No, he calls him the author and the finisher of our faith. And he instructs us to look unto him. You know, let, I, I like the way the NIV puts it. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. You know what that means? He, he initiated our faith. And he paved the way for us to walk in it. He perfected it making sure that the faith in which we now walk is foolproof, no defect in it. You know, Yoruba says, Now, let me, let me make this analogy. You know, in, in software engineering, you, you pull together a team to build a new software to solve a particular problem that you have identified or to meet a need. Now, in that team, you have a software architect who looks at the problem and conceives an idea. So in effect, a solution now exists in his mind. So he produces a document with details of what he intends to achieve and the different components needed and the technologies that must be employed to put those components together into a functional unit. He now passes that document to the next team member, a software developer who has programming skills. It will call both a backend and a front-end developer, depending on the need. Now, these guys are the builders. When they are done with building, it will be the time for testers, another set of uh, group members or team members to step in to, to test and to assess the solution and ensure that every deliverable is put in place. And not only that, also to ensure they work as expected. The testers will certify it pass or fail and open it up for launch or declare a need for a work. Where our faith is concerned, Jesus is all of these people combined. Glory to God. He is the architect and the builder. He didn't just design your new life. He perfected it and certified it pass. Today, he is here standing side by side to participate and take the lead in building it up with you to the finish. He designed it and sees a full picture of how he wants your life to turn out and what he sees surpasses your wildest imaginations. See what the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He sees the entire picture beyond what we can see. And he wants us to trust him with every area of our lives. So, when he has said all things have passed away, behold, all things have become new, he meant that a clean slate opened just for you with him as the driver or the pilot taking you to a glorious destination in every area of your life. 
For far too long, we have allowed nomenclature or a mere naming convention to influence how deeply we express God's love in certain areas of our lives. You know, we say, oh, my spiritual life, my financial life, my, my marriage life, my, uh, you know, all those things. We separate them. We are, we are eager to go to God for his touch in some areas, but in others, we don't even think of taking those issues to him. Meanwhile, he is telling us daily that his love covers all. His love covers all areas, your marriage, your career, your finances, your business, your health, your spiritual life, name it. And most importantly, those little everyday issues you never think to, think to, to take to him. Some of us have given up on God on some long-standing issues, and we just stop talking to him about them altogether. But unconsciously, we are making our own personal moves, our own plans to achieve those goals or to solve those problems on our own without consulting him. It only leads to struggles when the child of God does not consult his most important partner in any issue of life. Most of the time, the plan we put in place is just to worry about these issues, you know. When, and whenever you worry, it means that you have shut the door to that issue and the Lord has no access to it. Let me be clear this morning that this is not because we are not aware of God's care for us or that his power is awesome to come through for us in any situation. But the real issue lies in our appreciation of the depth of his love for us. We need to realize that God loves us to a fault and he will deploy that love in our favor anytime. We just have to realize it and trust him enough to let him in. See what the Bible says in Luke 12, 6 to 7. Luke chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why? Even the heirs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. Now, here is the message translation of that scripture. Luke 12, 6 to 7. What is the price of two or three pet canaries? Some loose change, right? But God never overlooks a single one. And he pays even greater attention to you down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs of your head. So don't be intimidated by all this bully talk. You are worth more than a, min a million canaries. This is God's word saying he remembers birds that are of small consequence. How much more is children? God cares and loves us. He even cares enough to number the hairs on our heads. I don't have much anyway. So I'm saying that God wants to be involved in our lives. He wants us to trust him to deliver on his promise in all aspects of our lives. You must open up and allow him in. 
there must not be any area kept to yourself. Trust him. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. You notice how it says in all your ways, in all your ways, all of it, not one aspect left out. Jesus is interested in all. You cannot be willing to trust him with your health and then do a solo run in the area of your finances. You trust him to help you get to that dream job. And when you finally get it, you think it now depends on your abilities alone to keep the job and rise through the ranks. Why don't you allow him to unleash the grace factor that turns everything you lay your hands on in that organization to gold? You are trusting him to bring that life partner your way. Yet, you don't let go for him to help you, to, to help prepare you for that eventuality, even though he has been nudging you in certain direction. The Lord is interested in the minutest and seemingly inconsequential details of your everyday life. He wants to participate in what touches you emotionally. He wants to help you relieve that stress by dealing with its origin. He wants you to let him handle your fears. He is interested in your desire to see your children turn out well. So as you plan for them, involve him in your plans. He's interested in your job, your careers. When you make those plans, talk to him. He's interested in your marriage, your relationships. He wants to lead you in victory always. That's why he sent us his Holy Spirit who comforts us, counsels us, and tells us the truth. He even teaches us what to say and where to go. He guides our every step and makes all things work together for our good. You know, in business, especially in this part of the world, people often look around for a big man or a big woman, as the case may be, somebody with influence and a big name to become the chairman or to occupy a vital position on the board of a new and upcoming company. You know why? Purely for their influence. So that they can open doors <clears throat> of opportunities for the company and to put in a word wherever the company will send a proposal or is making a bid for a contract. These big guns are actually begged to take up those positions. And this is not for free. I hope you know, those positions come with fat salaries and allowances and equities in such companies. But we have the greatest force in the universe living big in us. He is our partner in life and living. He's got a stake in our lives. In fact, he is a major shareholder and he will bring the full weight of his glory and his love to bear in our behalf and in every situation. He will open doors and he will step in to intervene in our favor. The greater one lives big in your inside. Therefore, you are set up to win. In fact, 
the game has been rigged in your favor. Because your team captain is the Lord over all. Glory to God. He knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. That means he's got all the answers. That's why we win always. There's a Yoruba adage that says, a dog who has a hunter's backing and support will kill a monkey. No one can stand against you. You know, I remember Sonia Day's song that says, one with God is majority. You are in the majority. You know why? He is called the Lord of hosts. With him on your team, the host of heaven is at your back and call. You see why? You see why is the author and the finisher of our faith now? Everything you need for life and living in this world is carefully mapped and set before you. But then we must be convinced of his love and realize that this love is available, the depth of which we cannot fathom. See what Paul says in Romans 8. Romans 8. Let's look at verse 31. It says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So, child of God, Rest assured that your father is on your side. His love outweighs and overshadows all circumstances with an assurance of victory. He demonstrated this by giving us Jesus, saying to us that he loves us beyond compare. And that love will not disappear. In fact, we cannot be separated from it no matter what you are facing or you are passing through. Now, let's read verse 37 from, of that uh, Romans 8. It says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love is a constant here. Emphasis on the word convinced. You know, to be convinced about something means to be, to be persuaded or to know and trust that knowledge beyond a doubt. No situation, good or bad, will change or interfere with its quality or with the efficacy of the power it generates in our behalf. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. We need to realize more than ever before that he is with us. And really, he is in us a willing participant in all that we do. Not just a participant. He is there to lead us so that we are victorious always and in everything. 
So now that we know he is part of everything and he cares about every area of our lives, we can face the future with confidence. Put no confidence in the flesh or in your abilities to get results. Isn't it better to trust the Lord who has loved us with an everlasting love? The same Lord who has drawn us with his, with his loving devotion. We can face tomorrow because Jesus lives and he lives big in us by his Holy Spirit. He is our shepherd. He is our brother. He is our friend. He is our prophet. He is our prince. Is our king, is our Lord, is our life, is our way and our end, is everything. We need to be convinced today. Glory to God. Father, you are everything to us. So from all over this city and beyond, we acknowledge you as king of our own. We declare your lordship over our very lives. We ask you to rule and demonstrate your love in all areas that concern us. We ask that you lead us into victory of the sons of God and let your name be glorified. Thank you, everlasting God, in Jesus' name. Good morning, everybody. Have a lovely day.